you're one of those people like myself <laughs> that uh follow things that uh throw historic pictures at you every now and again yes and they make uh, me sad and uh one of those happened to be a uh absolutely uh monstrous uh streamlined uh steam locomotive monstrous but in a good way like my favorite old-timey sort of architectural slash decorative style is definitely art deco because it's so freaking scary like it's it's so there's this train and under i didn't I don't know. I guess I didn't realize that underneath of the hulking nightmare <laughs> is just a regular train. Like, I didn't realize that outer menacing oh. casing was just an outer casing. Yes, uh, streamlining was tacked on the locomotives. Um, although some of them um, that were very experimental and like barely made it to mainline service, um, like the uh, Pennsylvania Railroad's T1s um, were designed, streamlined from the ground up, but, um, you know, mostly they, they still had like a removable piece or two. Um, because a steam locomotive just has a bunch of shit on the outside <laughs> of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, th- that crap does not make it sufficiently un-aerodynamic that streamlining it improves anything meaningfully. Yeah, I was wondering about that, whether that could possibly actually make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it does on paper, but like in practice, like it doesn't matter. It just looks awesome and scary. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the, uh, the T1, um, when Googling around uh, for surviving streamlined locomotives, mm. because there are extremely few... I did discover that um, there is a company that, well, you know, a trust, mm. which is, you know, just a bunch of uh, people with money and small time <laughs> donations, um, is going to, or at least, or actually in the process of building a T1 from scratch. And the reason is um, that the T1 was sort of a victim of its timing because it's uh, what's known as an articulated locomotive, which is basically two locomotives stapled together, but designed that way from the ground up, which means you need half of the number of operators for the same amount of tractive effort. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it is a technological marvel. And at the later... uh, uh, I guess sunset of a steam uh, uh, that they were more commonplace than not, but the T1 was kind of early um, and uniquely among articulated locomotives. It was a passenger locomotive, and it held an unofficial speed record, but it was never verified, hmm. and that number is higher than the. Uh, official official world record for a steam locomotive which is held unfortunately by a british train Ugh. you know so it's all about pride and everything else and <laughs> all the t1s were scrapped which is a crime because they were so unique you know none of them were you know even preserved in museum condition or even bad museum condition right it's like we decided at the turn of the century that everything awesome 
like well i guess it was later in the like 50s or whatever we decided that everything awesome made at the turn of the century should just be destroyed forever yeah uh and along with that is old penn station i did look at the pictures you told me not to and i did it anyway and i'm furious it's the most heartbreaking (laughs) thing because it was so neat and just I mean you think about the work that went into making it so awesome and they just and now it's just a subterranean labyrinth under Madison Square Garden yeah and there is just no personality to it whatsoever anymore well the personality is a very depressed white man with a paunch and pit stains <laughs> and just like everything and he smells of urine and you're not sure why yeah i pulled up the article that has the pictures in it and it's oh it was so beautiful yeah everything about it was beautiful well there was so much glass like it must have been pretty amazing to just sort of walk around and now of course penn station's multiple levels are lit as in the worst possible way i I was reading an article about it not too long ago and about how completely horrible it is in every way yeah there's no natural light inside the current one like at all like just coming through the uh, escalator to the ground level like that's it (sighs) uh also the uh the current one doesn't have the most obvious entrance of all time (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that it's, like, impossible to find your way around. So I'm really looking... Now, granted, I don't necessarily need to enter or exit it from the outdoors, but I will be changing trains there to go from Amtrak to New Jersey Transit, and that should be an exciting adventure. Yeah, you're going to go up and down the same escalator. Awesome. Um, do you, uh, how long is your wait? Well, I guess NJT well, I, trains are, you know, what, every half hour... It's every yeah. hour or something. So yeah. it's from whenever I get off the Amtrak to whenever the next train going to Princeton is. Yeah, because if you wanted to, you could go uh, surface on the thirty whateverth Street side, which is you know, like in Manhattan proper, and go find like real food. Because there's just weird thing about uh, Manhattan where lunch is affordable because there's so much competition for lunch. Uh. But dinner is not because it's still New York City. Right. <laughs> because it's like, if you're having dinner, like, you're a tourist. <laughs> but, like, if you have lunch, you know, you work there and you just want to spend five bucks on chicken salad or whatever and you can you can find it. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I will be getting in around 1130, but I'm probably, uh, I guess I'll have to arrange that with my parents and figure out what we're going to do. Because God knows, you can't let my dad get too hungry <laughs> or it's a problem. Because, <laughs> like... Like, just like I am the angriest person when I'm hungry, my dad's, like, even more so. That makes ge- uh, genetic sense. It does. And because, like, in, I, I'm, like, a dead ringer for my mom in a lot of ways. But, like, in many other ways, I'm exactly like my dad. Like, <laughs> we have the same feet. I have, like, the smaller girly version. But other than that, like, I have a scale model of my dad's feet. It's really weird. But, but back to tra- <laughs> back to trains. My dad, incidentally, also really likes trains. Uh, well, steam engines to the extent that when we were like when when my brother and I were like I don't know eight or something, we were at the Smithsonian with my 
grandpa and my dad and my mom and they my dad and my grandfather were just in the steam engine room or whatever gallery forever and my brother and I were like dying of boredom and finally my mom was like I'm gonna go get some food for the children yes we need to feed the children because she wasn't like enamored of the Smithsonian steam like my dad and my grandfather just had to explain things to each other that they both knew they were just explaining and it was like this is horrible can we do anything else this is a very large museum yeah so that's um the museum of American history probably it's it's the the names are too similar down there um (laughs) But yeah, they the Smithsonian has a very small collection in DC. Like it's two locomotives. Hmm. Like no, it is just two. Um granted one of them is really big um and it's made even bigger by the fact that it's you know completely inside in a building that's not scaled for storing trains so you know <laughs> it's you know just absolutely ginormous. Maybe it was um, somewhere else cuz I remember there was definitely more than two. Maybe this was something... I don't remember. I just remember being unbelievably bored. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, there are plenty of uh, railroad museums in the Northeast, including the one I went to on part of my honeymoon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It probably wasn't that one. But, you know, the problem with the trains in the... wherever the hell we were <laughs> was that none of them were huge hulking nightmares... Like, none of them were Art Deco streamlined monsters, which yeah. is great. I think all trains should look like that. All trains should scare the shit out of you when they get to <laughs> the intersection. Like, I can't even imagine what it must have been like when it was operating, because it would have been, like, a huge hulking nightmare, and it would have been super loud, like, really loud. That would have been great. Yeah, you should have. You should find time to make it to a living steam locomotive while you're still in the northeast well i mean when we were little we used to go to steamtown usa all the time in pennsylvania i think yes so oh i have so many grumbles about steam (laughs) so we'll just start now okay um so first of all they have been without uh powered steam until this season maybe um for like the last like too many years um, it's because my dad moved away and we stopped going. No, it. Uh, <laughs> the, their last operating locomotive got killed by what kills every operating steam locomotive eventually, which is you know there's a so many million mile inspection and you know due to just the age of it, um, and they do these inspections you know completely modern. There's you know. Uh, sonar and FLIR cameras and everything and basically you find uh, parts where the metal is too thin um, and uh, steam locomotives that have metal that's too thin do this thing where they uh, spontaneously disassemble also known (laughs) as an explosion yeah that sounds bad (laughs) yeah so you know they have to be completely rebuilt after that Mm. uh, after something like that is found you usually right not after they explode at that point it's probably well, when you find an explosion risk, too, right. you don't you don't patch it. You redo that whole piece, um, and often um, 
when they do these inspections, they find patches that were illegal back then Ooh. and are double illegal now. <laughs> so, like, that's another piece that gets added to the list of things that have to be cast from scratch, you know. Mm. So, when a locomotive fails its uh, test, it, it takes a while to come back. And um, Steamtown has the unfortunate distinction of being a national historic site where most heritage railroads are, you know, they're like on lists of historic things, but they're usually private museums. Um, So um, they have, you know, like the National Park admission price, which is, you know, like $5 a person, you know, I'm surprised it's not by car. (laughs) Um, And, you know, when you go there, they're like, you know, do you want to, you know, access to all of Pennsylvania's other state parks? And it's like, well, no. Yeah, why no, why is really. this here? You know? Like, <laughs> um, and uh, speaking of streamlined locomotives, so uh, Seamtown's collection is almost entirely Canadian due to its really bizarre history. It used to operate in Vermont, which is a lot closer to Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so its entire collection came from uh, Canadian Pacific uh, or, or, yeah, um, and was essentially slowly trucked or <laughs> transported by itself. Right. <laughs> um, when when they moved it in the late 80s, I think, mostly because of, um, in Vermont, it was, you know, almost entirely outdoors and, um, you know, there just wasn't enough money and there was a death of someone crucial to it. So mm. it was, you know, basically a way to rescue it um, from not existing at all. So it's better than nothing. On the other hand, I would have preferred it stayed in Vermont with just someone else who was willing to be a benevol- uh, benevolent millionaire. Right. Um, and a lot of their collection remains outside in Scranton, where it is now, including a couple streamlined Canadian locomotives that are um, lightly streamline it's mostly you know there's just not all the crazy visible crap and the faces flat instead of also covered in crap but it still counts as streamlined barely but they're all just rotting outside Mm. yeah that's disappointing um and the uh, locomotives that are kept inside are kept in a roundhouse but the uh the visitor path through the roundhouse is just on a deck that goes in front of them at light bulb height. That's not optimal. Right. Like so like you can't see anything cuz you know uh trains are viewed from the side. <laughs> Usually yes because that's the interesting part. <laughs> like from Although, the front it's a light bulb. <laughs> streamlined terrifying art deco monster trains locomotives rather look awesome from the front too cuz they look like they want to hurt you. Yeah, they like do have a bit more personally. of a space to them. <laughs> yeah, like it's it was so awesome in the in the early I guess the teens uh, around the turn of the twentieth century when everything looked like it one it was out to get you. Like the Art Deco buildings in Los Angeles are so awesomely scary, and that's why when they built that stupid ride at Disneyland, the um, Tower of Terror. Twilight Zone, yeah. whatever. Nothing about that ride is cool except for the line, which goes through this fake, like, 
Art Deco hotel, which yeah. is very <laughs> which is very scary. Because Art Deco is scary. Right. You don't have to add goblins to it. It's just No, it's just naturally like it's, the it's very intimidating. Or or like that that uh was it a house or something? The one from that what was that awful movie? I think it was the house on Haunted Hill, but the new one, you know, the new like the one from the early aughts, which is recent to me because I'm super old. Um, but anyway, it's just this huge menacing Art Deco house thing, and I'm like, that is the perfect architecture for the evil house that wants to kill you. <laughs> and we had evil trains that wanted to kill you, and we didn't preserve like any of them. Yeah. So and it makes there me are, angry. There are a countable handful of surviving streamlined locomotives that are in operating condition. Um, Norfolk and Western's Class J, which is like really pretty and really famous. It's easy to find millions of pictures of it. Um, recently went back into service and it does like really crazy long trips from just between two random points, you know, wherever they can charter. Mm. Um, and, you know, like that's like the famous one. And then there's, uh, there's one, there's actually the rest of them are, I think, undergoing additional work. Which is really depressing. Mm. Um, and the worst defense of all is the lack of a uh, Dreyfus Hudson. Yeah, that one's not as menacing as the Mercury, although it was designed by the same guy. But it's it's, it's quite beautiful. menacing. It's it's really pretty looking, and you know Dreyfus made a lot of things <laughs> that yeah. are still around today like the uh isn't he credited with the round thermostat yeah the honeywell one that the circular i actually have one of those in this stupid house and um and the princess phone which everybody who's a nerd knows about and various other things that are like a really neat vacuum cleaner and I, it's just it's kind of amazing that this one guy designed all of this really just really ubiquitous stuff yeah he was the uh, johnny ive of his era right um <laughs> and uh to have anything of his that you can't find except in toy form is just <laughs> a tragedy it really is 